1: Blog Talk Radio.
0: Good morning, good morning. Welcome to another edition of Chatting with Rabbi Mike. Today, Rabbi Mike will be talking about the differences of languages within the Hebrew and its evolution into spoken Hebrew. So with that being said, let's go right ahead and jump right into it. Good morning, Rabbi Mike.
1: Good morning, ATN. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing very well, thank you. It's always a pleasure to be here with you and learn some more from my cousin. You're my now, my newest cousin. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you, sir. So we're going to learn well, about Hebrew, a language that is, uh, let me back up a little bit. I always thought Hebrew was a language of, uh, of of the synagogue. I didn't realize that Hebrew was a language that could be used in a contemporary sense. Is that correct?
1: So today we're going to talk about that, uh, that it is both. It is both a language of the synagogue and liturgical sense, and it is also yes. now, thanks to the work of uh, modern scholars in, in Israel, now it is okay. a spoken modern language, like any other oh,
0: language. okay. So it isn't like Latin so, that I had to learn in school. I know
1: the words, no, but no. I do speak it. <laughs>
0: So it was.
1: It was like Latin, or like yeah. Yiddish, or other languages that they would they would call dead, but it was brought back to life,
0: and okay. now it is
1: a modern language. And the reason why we're going to talk about it this week is because uh, twice this month, on December 6th and December 13th, we'll okay. be doing Hebrew classes at the University of the Virgin Islands.
0: Oh and I okay.
1: will be I will be offering Hebrew classes to the students of UVI, to our congregants, as well as to community members here in the Virgin Islands. It's open okay. to everybody and anybody who would like to learn a little bit more about Hebrew and these are Tuesday evenings, the 6th and the 13th. They are from 530 to 630. And they are located in the classroom administrative building, University of the Virgin Island, room 107. And this is the lower campus, near the Wellness Center and Sports and Fitness Center. Yes. Um, it is free for my congregants. It is free for Virgin Island students. And for any community members who are not members of our synagogue or not students at UVI, it is only $10 per class.
0: Hmm, okay. Good to know. Oh, great.
1: So that's open to everybody, and we hope to see people. We had some wonderful students last month with our first class, and we got a little interrupted because of the Thanksgiving holiday. Yes. we will start again on December 6th. December 13th and we will go through uh, what Hebrew is. So uh, today in our short time, I want to speak about the evolution of Hebrew into what we what most people know they know that it's in the Bible yes. uh, it's a biblical language but what most people don't know is that it has evolved over the centuries in, from biblical Hebrew, to rabbinic Hebrew, to medieval Hebrew, to modern Hebrew. And that's what we're going to talk wow. about today.
0: Wow, wow, that's quite an evolution.
1: That's right. So, biblical Hebrew uh, is, a, is an ancient language, and it wasn't called Hebrew before. It was a, a Judite or Canaanite uh, language, and it's not really sure exactly when it began to be used but estimates are about 10th century BCE is when mm-hmm. it started so uh we're talking what uh 12,000 years ago
0: my goodness um, <laughs> so, uh
1: so uh so what we are uh what we're going to talk about is what it was and how it developed so the okay. biblical Hebrew is uh, its a, what's called a Semitic language and it has relationships to other languages during that period such as Aramaic, Syriac Akkadian and to Arabic so they are all very similar well. languages the the language, the alphabet itself, um, has been used and then manipulated and has been around. Um, now, one other thing that's important to mention about Biblical Hebrew is we're actually not sure if Biblical Hebrew was ever spoken. Oh. Uh, maybe it was a long, long, long time ago, but more likely, Biblical Hebrew was only written and read. By the intellectuals of the time, and that people who spoke the language most likely spoke another form of the language, such as Aramaic or something like that. Yes. Um, and that simply has to do with how people were educated at the time. I see. So, so, Biblical Hebrew, if you open up a Torah, five books of Moses Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, it will be in Hebrew. And uh, Hebrew is one of those amazing languages which has no vowels, no punctuation, no nothing. So you need to really have an idea of what you're reading. Now, uh, later, um, vowels were put in for training and things like that, but mostly it was you just know by context and you have to really know the language. So if you open up the Torah, there is no vowels, there's no... Uh, starts and stops. There's no periods or commas or anything like that. You just have to kind of know what's going on.
0: Oh my goodness! Uh, later,
1: vowels were put in so that people could learn it and, and read it a little bit better. Um, but that's what you do if you look up if you open up the Torah. Now, other writings in the Bible, such as the prophets or the or the writings, those. Sometimes on the scrolls you'll see Hebrew, you'll see vowels, sometimes you won't. Um, but uh, but that's that's the language, written language of the Jewish people. It's Thank how we you. pray, and it's how we read from our Holy Scripture. So anytime mm-hmm. you open up a prayer book, a, a, a Jewish prayer book, the prayers themselves will be in Biblical Hebrew. Uh now, that evolved into what is called Rabbinic Hebrew or Mishnaic Hebrew. And the word Mishnaic comes from the Mishnah, which is a Rabbinic Hebrew book written by the early rabbis in the most likely 1st to 4th centuries CE. And this is when this kind of language was used. So this was an evolution of biblical language. And each language evolved because words need to be invented, situations are different. And so uh, this, this manipulation of biblical Hebrew occurred because of its necessary uh, understanding of things that were different in the first century than they were in the 10th century BCE, and vice versa. I see. Now, when, when, uh, about a century after the Mishnah was published, Hebrew actually did uh, really fall away from being spoken at all. And this is what we were talking about before, is that it really was only used for liturgy and for... Uh, study. It wasn't really spoken. Rather, the Aramaic was spoken during this time. So, from a interfaith point of view, ATN, um, mm-hmm. from a Christian point of view, people walking around Judea during the Roman time, during Jesus's life, were not speaking Hebrew. They were speaking Aramaic. Aramaic. They could probably yes. read Hebrew. Yes, so they could probably read Hebrew. So, so then uh,
0: Aramaic was. Excuse me. Aramaic was a
1: language of, of commerce. That's correct. That would be okay. what we'd call the, the language on the street. The, uh, yes. You know, the language that most people... Yes. So to, to go back to your Latin analogy, uh, while La- Latin was sung or read or um, in the church, people didn't walk around actually speaking Latin. They walked around spoke speaking Italian or whatever language? the language of the place was. Yes. That's right And that Hebrew is the same way Aramaic just simply was the uh, language of the place mm-hmm. And Hebrew, a derision of that Was the written language And so uh, it's not um, terribly different But there are some differences In understanding uh, Mishnaic Hebrew From Biblical Hebrew Some of the grammatic rules are different Uh, some of the words are certainly different, so you have to understand what you're reading uh, and why. Now that probably went from 1st century, as I said, 1st century CE to 4th century CE. Now after that, from the 4th century CE all the way up to the 18th century CE, we had used what's called medieval Hebrew. Mm. And this was Again, changed uh, in terms of the grammar, the syntax, sentence structure. There were all new lots of uh, words that weren't used before, and you can imagine from, from those uh, you know those uh, all those hundreds of years uh, that all kinds of new things were needed to be created.
0: Sure, sure. One of
1: the one of the important things to remember is that uh, during a great deal of this time. Jews were living under Arab rule in the Iberian Peninsula and places like the Mediterranean or Spain and so they were influenced by Arabic and other, other languages like that and so Hebrew began to morph into that as well um, but then in the 12th century the 13th century the uh, the empires of the Muslim empires were conquered by the Christian empires and so all of a sudden, there was Christian influence and Italian and Latin, those sorts yeah. of things. So uh, all of a sudden, you know, you, like any language, you're influenced by what's around you. Exactly. So depending on what century you bring out a, a Hebrew book, there may be some things you don't, you don't know. Um, but then we move on to what we're really going to focus on uh, today in our talk, and that's modern Hebrew. Okay. Um, Modern Hebrew today is spoken by about 9 million people Wow uh, Including the citizens of Israel Today the state of Israel, its language, official language is modern Hebrew And it is the language that is taught to anyone who emigrates to Israel and becomes an Israeli citizen And um, a little background on it, right? We talked about Biblical Hebrew, yes. Mishnahic Hebrew, and Medieval Hebrew. So all so we had this language that was only written, it was only used by the literati or intellectual elite uh, for a long, long time. And it did die out a little bit. Um, you know, it, it wasn't being used. But in the, er, in the late 19th century and the early 20th century, there was... Um, a scholar named Eliezer Ben Yehuda. Um, yes. And he helped begin the changeover from a dead language to a living language. And he took about 8,000 Hebrew words from the Bible and about 20,000 Hebrew words from Mishnaic and medieval Hebrew and he took those, and from the systems in place, how to make words, what words meant, the roots of them, and things like that, Ben Yehuda was able to start and create a new language altogether. Wow. There were there were all kinds of words that hadn't been invented, because they didn't exist during that time. Um, you know, so he was able to look at the systems of the old language and create a new one and that's wow. now modern Hebrew and that's what's being spoken uh, and taught by so many people it's really an incredible thing what he did and sure. so if you if you hear modern Hebrew spoken some of it is very similar to biblical Hebrew, some of the words are exactly the same and some of them mm-hmm. are rabbinic Hebrew or medieval Hebrew and some uh, are influenced by Arabic or Aramaic or uh, even, you know, the other immigrants to Israel, such as Russian or those who spoke Yiddish or German or Turkish or French, um, all of those were moved in to try and build this new language and new words are made every day wow. uh, because they have to be. And so there is um, on my desk and on most people's desks, um the Ben Yehuda English to Hebrew, Hebrew to English dictionary and it has in it. Um, all the, you know, a great amount of About 30,000 vocabulary entries wow. <laughs> um, That were created And that's the language That now modern Jews speak So if you are a Jew And you walk into a synagogue In Spain Or Russia Or South America Or Antarctica You know that While you may not know the native language, everyone there should at least have a basic understanding of Hebrew and that's uh-huh. what's really special yes. uh, that we've we've created this common thread throughout us if you open up a prayer book you may not be able to read you know if you can't speak English you may not be able to read the English if you can't speak Russian etc but you can absolutely read the Hebrew because we're taught uh-huh. to read the Hebrew which means no matter what you can pray in any synagogue
0: all over the world. Well, let me back up so a little bit. That was bit. a lot. Uh, again, yes. let's, um,
1: let's, uh, let's give it to you and ask some questions.
0: Yes, I have a question for you right now. Now, the gentleman's name is Mr. Ben Yehuda. Is that correct?
1: Ben Yehuda, yes.
0: Okay. Now, he's known as the father of modern Hebrew. Is that because of all the work he's done?
1: That's correct. That's absolutely okay. correct. Eliezer Ben okay. Yehuda uh, mm. was a brilliant um, he was actually a, uh, a newspaper editor, okay. um, but uh, you know he he was uh, born in Belarus, um, that? I believe, and um, outside of Russia. Oh,
0: okay.
1: And and uh, he studied in Paris, and uh, he emigrate, he emigrated to uh, Israel, which in 1881 was still known as Palestine. Uh, but uh-huh. found a job teaching in the university. But he worked with committees, and he, he worked with everybody around them around him to try and um, create this. In fact, one of the things about Ben Yehuda that people know about is that he refused to let his children be exposed to other languages. Um, was, whereas Russian was their normal language, he refused to. So he said, no, we're just going to speak Hebrew in the house. And he mm-hmm. was the first family to start speaking Hebrew. Uh so um you know he was the reviver of, of Hebrew language and yes. um some of the words that he coined um there were actually 2000 never really caught on um or have changed over the time but he absolutely is the father um, of yes. Hebrew. Now, was the
0: he also Hebrew. Yes. Was he also instrumental in the creation of the Academy of the Hebrew language?
1: So um, I'm not sure about his understanding uh, or the understanding of his creation of it. I know that okay. he established the committee of the Hebrew language, and then that may have evolved into the Academy of the Hebrew language oh, or I or see. an of that, but I think he was certainly instrumental and the precursor to the academy of the Hebrew language.
0: Okay, okay. That's good. That's all part of the evolution, evolutionary process. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Now, the language that you're speaking, the, Hebrew, the modern Hebrew that you're teaching, is that the same contemporary language that people can converse with uh,
1: as a vernacular
0: of, of today?
1: Yes, so I'm starting from the very beginning in these classes. We're starting with the alphabets, okay, and <laughs> Good uh, <way> to start. <laughs> dramatic rules, and we're gonna and we're gonna right exactly because it's yeah. important to start there. And then we're gonna move on to vocabulary words and those sorts of things. And the vocabulary words that I'm gonna teach uh, all are going to be uh, modern Hebrew words that are used and can be okay. used in Hebrew. And I want to be able to get people as prepared as I can. As they can, rather, so that if they want to go to Israel, they can at least have a good understanding of being able to read Hebrew. Now, they may not yeah. know what all the words mean, but at least they understand the language, the the alphabet, and the grammatic rules, so they can say, okay, I don't know what this means, but I can read it, <laughs> okay. and, and I can write it, and I can replicate it. So that's the uh, that's the goal. And unfortunately, it's only twice a month that I'm going to be able to doing this, obviously, for time constraints. But, you know, uh, it takes a long time to learn, it, learn a language, yes. but I want to get people started. I want to make sure that they're able to get started. Good. One other quick question.
0: So when, when a person is reading or writing in Hebrew, do they follow the same rules as in English, left to right, or is it reverse?
1: So all Semitic languages, Aramaic, Syriac, Hebrew, Arabic, write from right to left rather than left Uh-oh. to right. And the reason why they write from right to left is because originally these languages were not written with a pen. They were written in stone. And if you're tapping into stone, if you, look at, if you put your hand out so sort of tapping in the direction, yeah. you're tapping into and carving into stone. Uh, you can see where you're going a lot better
0: if you're going
1: right to left uh, because you can see where you are, where you're going rather than what's behind you and what's to come. So that's really the reason why. And it just stayed with us. Yes. yes, Yeah. When the pen came along,
0: we didn't have to worry about debris. You'd be left behind (laughs) as it did with stuff. That's right.
1: That's right. There
0: you go. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you.
1: And so that takes some time getting used to. I mean, Hebrew books open from right yes. to left instead of left to right. Uh, yeah. But eventually it's like anything else. You you get used yes. to it, and, um, and it becomes a part of the system there.
0: Well, I, I have a word for you. It's a Greek word. Eureka! I've been enlightened. Eureka! <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yes, yes. I always wondered why it went from right to left. Now I know. I've been enlightened. thanks yeah. to I could. Right. <laughs> I'm glad. Okay.
1: So, yeah. So, you yeah. know, a great deal of this was, was developed over many, many, many centuries. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's really unique in, in that someone took the time and groups took the time yes. to revive a language. It would be like if someone took Latin. Yes. And then invented twenty thousand, thirty thousand new words yes. in Latin so that it could be spoken again. Yes. Oh well. Mm, Pretty cool. Yes. Pretty cool stuff. So. Yeah. So, so. What other questions do you have for me? Uh, that's
0: that's it for now. I'm I'm, I'm straightening my brain right now because I've been so enlightened. I don't know <laughs> what else to <laughs> say.
1: Well, if that's it. the case, um, I'm glad. If that's the case, then how about I teach you and everybody who's listening uh, a few basic yes. Hebrew words it. and Hebrew phrases? All yes. right. Um, so, so we'll st- we'll start with uh, the word for hello, the word for goodbye, mm-hmm. which is the same in Hebrew, which most people know, which is the word Shalom. Shalom, Shalom. Oh yes. people say hello or goodbye. It means peace, and that's where the idea of greeting comes from. Go and come in peace, you say shalom. And it's very similar to the Arabic word of salam, which is exactly the same. It means
0: peace. Salam, shalom, yes. That's right. Okay, yeah. But we want to go
1: a little bit uh, more specific. You know, every Mm -hmm. time you begin... Our radio show, here, and you wish everybody good morning. But I'm going to teach you how to say good morning in Hebrew. Are you ready? Oh, my goodness. Yes, I'm ready. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: All Go right. Ahead, the word is,
1: it's uh, it's Boker Tov. That's B-O-K-E-R, Boker Tov, T-O-V, Boker Tov.
0: Boker Tov.
1: Okay. Boker Tov. And that means uh-huh. good morning. So next week... Uh, if, we're, if we have our show next week Yes uh, we do can say Boker Toe. All right already That's Okay right. I'm beating light yeah. even more You <laughs> so write Eureka. that down And that way we'll say Boker <laughs> to All okay. right already. Yes um, And then um, And then we can say um, If you'd like to say In the evening If you'd like to say to someone Good evening You say E-R-E-V That's E-R-E-V Erev tov. You can tov, erev tov, you see tov, boker tov, erev tov. You see the tov means good. So yes. boker tov is good morning, erev tov is good evening, and then good night is lila tov. So you have boker tov, erev tov, lila tov. Good morning, good evening, good night.
0: Okay, good night is erev tov.
1: So evening is erev tov. Okay, and good night. Good night is Lila. That's L A I L A. Lila Tov.
0: And my my
1: son, who's about twenty months right now, mm-hmm. um, I speak a little bit of Hebrew to him, so he doesn't know what good night. He doesn't know good night. He only knows Lila Tov because we only say to him Lila Tov. Yes. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hmm. yeah. You know what my, 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 no, you don't know. I'm going to tell you my exposure to okay. Hebrew came through a by way of Hollywood in Siddler on the Roof. I fell in love with uh-huh. that and I was really impressed with it. And some of the songs I sang along with, but I had no idea what I was singing.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I think, you know, however people can be exposed to our language yes. I'm fine with, you know, as long as they feel interested in it and they feel inspired by it. So
0: it's really an incredible
1: language. I I get so excited to teach it to people. You should. Uh, Yeah. So it's really, really wonderful. So I know we only have a few minutes left. Um, Yes. So I want to um, take a few minutes to talk about what's going on at the Hebrew Congregation of St. Thomas, if if that's okay. Go right ahead. Thank you. So this Friday... It's a very special Friday service. At 6.30 p.m., we have a special guest with us who's going to be speaking at our services this week. Her name is Maggie Anton, and she is a famous Jewish author who is flying down here just to see us, just to fly in and talk to us. And at 6.30 p.m., we're going to lead a service, and she's going to speak. And then on 10 a.m. Saturday morning, we have a Torah study event with Maggie Anton, and she's going to speak and teach from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. or so, talk all about her books and all the things she can teach us. So for so this week Ooh. she's given me a little bit of a break. I don't have to teach yes. this week. She's going to teach. We've got a real expert who's coming in uh, to teach, and that's really important.
0: Um, and, of
1: course, Tuesday, Tuesday the 6th, we have our Hebrew class, um, and Tuesday night... The 13th we have our other Hebrew class and we really hope yes. to see a good group of people come right. and see us um and uh and learn with us here uh to learn Hebrew. All
0: right. It's coming Friday the December 2nd and December 3rd would be uh, Maggie's uh, presentation is that correct?
1: That's right. Maggie Anton okay. is, is coming December 2nd and December 3rd. Thank you. Yes.
0: And it'll be at the uh, synagogue
1: so, the Friday night services will be in our historic sanctuary, and our yes. tourist study on Saturday will be in our Lillian cell house, and we'll serve right. breakfast uh, to everybody there. Right next door.
0: Okay.
1: Well, right gonna, next door. That's right.
0: Yes. Yes. With that, we have to wrap up. We have about 15 seconds left. So, thank you very much, Cus, okay, for teaching me.
1: Thank you. I, I don't know how to
0: say goodbye, but I learned it right now. So, can I say... Bogato for good shalom. morning. Also, shalom. Oh, shalom. Yeah, there you go. Shalom. There you go. Thank <laughs> you very much. All right. It came back Thank to
1: me. Dear. Okay. So long. Now. Right. See you next week. Take care. Thank you
0: very much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye
1: bye. Bye.